0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Picks and Pucks Podcast. My name is Nicholas, and this is uh, officially week three of my podcast. Uh, We're going to get into some hockey talk this week, and yeah, it's been uh, quite a while since I've had a hockey podcast, actually, and a lot has happened, Um, so we're going to just get into this right away. Uh, I think, you know, some of the biggest news that's really come out since Silas had a podcast was, uh, Mike Babcock being fired. Now, I think it was kind of a long time coming almost. You could tell that his philosophies just did not really gel with that hockey team, um, And then, obviously, of course, the stuff that came out after about him, you could really tell that he just was not the right person and the right fit for that job. So, it was probably a good idea that Toronto did finally let him go. Um, And of course, you know they let him go, and then the they play the Coyotes right after that. So, you know they're totally juiced up, and they played a pretty structured game it it was like it was structured but it was like it it was freeing it's like they wanted to play that structure that O'Keefe was trying to teach them like that morning of the game or the day before that game it's like they, they just wanted to play that way they weren't like amazing in that hockey game the Coyotes were absolute trash that game they were so slow they were just kind of giving it away to them almost. It, it was almost just like, all right, Toronto, we we feel you. We're just going to give you this game. And I know that's not the case, but that's almost what it felt like. It's almost just like, all right, you know, you're Toronto. We'll just give you the fucking win. But, it, and I have, of course, I haven't watched them since, so I don't know, you know, what's what they're doing or, you know, how well they're playing. I'm going to get into some live standings later on in the episode. So uh, I might go into it a little bit more there just to kind of see what the, they're looking like. But um, yeah, so it was probably a very good idea for them to get rid of Babcock. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, both uh, I think it's O'Keefe, um, both him and Dubas are on the same page. Because um, it, it's paying off huge here in the in the in the desert with uh, Talkit and Chica. Um so it, it it's clearly becoming more and more important for teams to have a GM and a coach that are just like exactly on the same page and want the same out of their goals, really. Uh, so yeah, that's Babcock. Um, let's move on to something that actually kind of came out of. Babcock as well. And this is um, going into Bill Peter's talk here. And this is, it's kind of been a renaissance in the hockey world almost uh, with Bill Peters coming out, saying what he said about uh, a player that he was coaching, what it was 10 years ago. Um, But there was more stuff recently that he did like physically abusing his players. And like, that is so not okay. It, it you know i i've played hockey basically my whole life so i i've had good and bad coaches in in different ways and i can tell you from my experience that the good coaches they're they hold you accountable there's a difference between holding your players accountable and being hard on them and it's a very fine line but the good coaches that i've had held me and the rest of the team accountable but when we did stuff that was good they praised you for it they said that was a good play do more of that you know and so that's 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 the difference and you know we we have changed quite a bit over the last 10 years in the in the hockey world where there's more young kids in the league there's more you know coaches have to develop these kids and if you're if you have this old school mindset of you have to beat these kids down they're not going to listen they they just won't and it that's not the right way to go about it anymore you, it's it's fine to be hard on your guys it's fine to hold them accountable but like i mentioned there's there's a line there where you're not going to get anything out of these guys because they don't wanna play for you because you're being verbally and maybe physically abusive. That's not conducive to growing these young kids in this sport. That's already a very difficult sport. I mean I understand it, like it it's it's war out there. It's a different it's a different kind of war from like, let's say football. Football is very muck and grind, right? whereas hockey it's so fast paced everyone is just high intensity all the time and so i get it tempers flare and emotions run high in the heat of the moment and it's 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 a difficult thing to get through but having said that as a coach you have you have to be the calming force on the bench you know And I I think that's one thing I really love about Rick Tockett. Now, I know back from his playing days, he was a very intense guy. I think if he coached exactly how he played, I don't think he would be as successful as he is with the Coyotes right now. He still brings that same intensity, but he's shifted it into a more modern sort of way about it. He's holding players accountable when they're not doing things correctly. He's praising the guys when they do stuff right. And it's so important to to be able to do that in this day and age. So, um, yeah, going back to Bill Peters, it's it, it's really tough hearing you know what he did and it, it you know, and it's hard to tell if he was doing that stuff like with the flames too, but it makes you wonder with how they've been playing this year. It, it it makes you wonder if he was doing that as well in that locker room. It makes you wonder if they were kind of under fire with that. And that's why they've gotten off to this slow start, which, I mean, this is a very slow start for the Flames. So it's going to be really interesting to see the rest of their season. Um and yeah, it's going to be interesting as well to see what else comes out. I mean, we've had stuff come out about Ron Francis, who's the new GM in Seattle. Uh, I don't think anything is going to change on their part, but you, you just never know with what's going to come out in the in this day and age. Um, it's so it's going to be an interesting situation to follow at this point. But um, you know, I just I, I just hope everyone. Gets, gets their say in this, it's a very difficult thing for players to kind of come out against their coach, especially when you're in juniors or the AHL and you're trying to make the NHL. You're going to do whatever you can at all costs. And if that means keeping something down that a coach is doing to you that you don't think is okay, but if, if you think bringing that up is going to hurt your chances of getting into the NHL, you're not going to say it. And that's that's the big problem with hockey culture right now. And I think it's really good that these things are coming out. And I do hope that it, it it wakes some people up, at least some people with that old school hockey mentality, that we're we're in a new day and age right now where you just you can't be like that anymore. Like I said, you have to find a way to hold your players accountable rather than just being hard on them just to be hard on them. You, you, it's, I definitely agree that you you have to mold these players into being tough mentally. Most, most of the players that do aspire to the NHL are going to work hard and they're going to be tough physically. But I, I, I do understand that as a coach, you have to make them also tough mentally. But there's a way to do it, and there's a proper way to do it. And I think the way that like Bill Peters or Mike Babcock were doing is completely wrong. So it's going to be interesting to see if either of them even get a job in the NHL anymore after this. I think Babcock might, unless something else comes out. But Bill Peters, that's uh, going to be a tough one. He might not see the NHL ever again, maybe... Maybe he has to wait for another five years for that to come out. Um, but yeah, so there's uh, that. I'm not gonna say it's depressing, but it's not, it's not an easy thing to talk about. It's not it's not something you want to talk about either. You don't want to talk about players getting abused or you know coaches losing their jobs. You just you don't want to talk about that negativity, but. It's happening. This is a podcast, so I have to talk about it. But anyway, uh, let's move on into some uh, standings. Um, I have not seen uh, these standings. I think I looked maybe yesterday, but I don't really remember what they are. So these standings I'm reading to you are going to be live and up to date Uh, Today is Monday, December 2nd, and it's about 11.30 in the morning, so no games have been played today. So this is going into all the games today. So starting with the Western Conference in the Pacific, we have Edmonton at 37 points in first place. We have the Coyotes in second place at 34 points, and we have the Sharks in third place at 31 points. Now, I just saw the Sharks play the Coyotes, and it's clear to me how they've risen in the standings. They are defending pretty well, which is good. They have a really high paid blue line, so they have to defend well. Um, but more so than that, their penalty killing is top notch. The coyotes absolutely could get nothing going in the third period there. Um, in, in the last game, they have three power plays like right in a row and they, they could barely even enter the zone. And I think that's a credit to the Sharks power play. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Edmonton is still going strong. Um, Dreisaitl and McDavid are, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't remember, I don't recall watching like Lemieux and Jager. I don't think I was really old enough to see those games, but this has to be the closest thing to it. And they are absolutely insane right now. They are so tough to contain. The Coyotes have done a good job containing them, actually. Um, Chikrin has been, I think, the, the primary defenseman when they are out on the ice. And he is he's really doing a good job against them. So to their credit, good job. Uh, let's move on to the Central now. We got uh, St. Louis Blues in first place at 40 points. We have the Colorado Avalanche in second place at thirty four points, and we have the Jets in third place at thirty three points. Now, good for Colorado, honestly, because they've been out uh, what Ronton and Landeskog for quite a while now, and the fact that they've been able to keep pace and I mean and still stay in in the top three in the Central that is just impressive. So when they get those guys back, this is going to be a very tough team to beat. Clearly. And then also it's it's surprising to see the Jets there, um, but, you know, good for them. Uh, I mean, they must be, you know, scoring well and defending well somehow. I don't know how, but they, they must be doing something right. I know the first game the Coyotes played the Jets, they did not look very great. So maybe they're just starting to gel a little bit more as the season's gone along. And now for the wild card in the West, we have uh, Dallas at 33 points. And the Canucks at thirty points. Now I know Dallas had a very very rough start to the season. I think they were one seven and one something like that. I don't, as, I don't know. If that's probably not exact, but it was. But uh, I know they were not that great, and they have absolutely turned it on since then. Um, the Coyotes have not seen the Stars yet, I believe. So um, it's going to be interesting to see um, how they're playing when they actually do play. I know for sure that um, I'm gonna be watching the Winter Classic this year because it's not Chicago. Thank fucking God. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, Dallas play in that um, and just see what what they're doing right. I mean, obviously they've turned something on, and it, you know I'm guessing it stems from their goaltending. I know uh, uh, Kudobin and uh, Bishop are a phenomenal tandem at probably top five in the league without a doubt. Um, Vancouver has slipped a little bit, um, which I'm not like super shocked about. They usually always come out very strong in seasons and then they start to slowly decline, but I can still see them, Getting into the playoffs this year and getting maybe this last wild card spot. It's going to be a grind between them and the Knights. And um, I would probably say the Flames too, if they can pick it up after um, losing uh, Bill Peters here. So, um, yeah, that's the West. Let's uh, go to the East. We have the Atlantic Division here. We have Boston in first place at 43 points. We have Florida in second place at 31 points. And we have Toronto in third place at 30 points. Now, Boston is just going off. And I'm looking right now at the NHL app. And they have a plus 34 goal differential. That is, let me take a quick look here. That is, my goodness, that is, if I'm doing my math right, that is 12 more goals and the next highest goal differential in the league. That's insane. They are playing so well. Like, they just... It's like they just won't... I mean, they, three losses in five overtime. So, like, eight total losses. But they've had points in five out of those eight losses. Like, that's an absolutely crazy. That's a strong cup contender right there this year. Uh, we have Florida. I have not watched them play, but I all I've heard about them is that their goaltending has been awful, but they are, they have this ability to come back in games and, and that's a, that's a strong thing to have. If they can get their goaltending to come around, this is going to be a very strong team going forward as well. And we have Toronto and they're, they're in a playoff spot and it seems like they've kind of been flip flopping a lot with being out or being like just in, just out, um, so it's good to see them there, especially after the whole you know Babcock issue and moving on to a new coach. So good for them. In uh, the Metropolitan Division now we have Washington in first place at forty three points. We have the Islanders in second place at thirty six points, and we have the Flyers in third place at thirty five points. Now, I, Washington just like. The Bruins, I mean, another team that's just so strong and just very hard to beat. Ovechkin's not missing a beat. I, I mentioned this, I think, on the last podcast. I really hope he just continues to score, unless he's playing the Coyotes, of course. No goals there, <laughs> but um, he needs. I would. It would be incredible just to watch him beat that record. I mean, I, I know I said that in the last episode, but man, that would be incredible uh the islanders are up there i know they had a really long i think it was a uh, point streak not winning streak but a point streak and it was like double digit lo- in length and i mean that's I, I mean i remember i still remember the game they played against the coyotes and that's easily one of the heaviest forechecking teams i think i've seen and it's not just a heavy forecheck but on the defensive side of the puck too. They are so sound and they give you absolutely nothing. Um, Barry Trotz is doing incredible work there. And it's, it's, it's both him and they just have the right, the right players in the right positions that that is a very sound hockey team. Uh, Flyers. I have not seen them play. I think the coyotes actually played them this week in a back to back. Um, which is yeah, it's, it's so it's gonna be interesting to see what they're doing. Um, they have 35 points, which is just one more than the Coyotes actually. So it's that 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 could end up being a good game. They always have a they always play each other pretty well. So I'm I'm looking forward to that one. And now for the wild card, we have Carolina at 33 points and Pittsburgh at 32 points. Now I. I know Pittsburgh has had a a combination of injuries between Crosby and Malkin. And I don't know if they've both been out at the same time this year or like one's been out, one's been in. Um, But I know they're dealing with a ton of injuries. I think I just saw Dumoulin is also hurt and out for a while. And I know Galchenyuk was out for a while, who he just scored his first goal like a a week or two ago. Um, So I 100% get what's happening there, because the, that's what happened with the Coyotes last year. They just had so many injuries, and they just had to weather all of that. And it looks like Pittsburgh is doing that. So good for them. And then uh, Carolina is, they're, they're you know, again, I haven't seen them play, but it to me it seems like they're maybe taking a tiny bit of a step back from last year, but not, like, too much. This team should still be a playoff team. Um, but then again, how far did they go? Tough to tell. Like right now, I think they'd be playing Washington in round one. They'd get Washington. No, sorry. Yeah, they they would get Washington or Boston. I don't know how they, how they fought all in the total, um, East, but, um, that's a, that'd be a very tough matchup either way. I mean, they, they got destroyed by Boston last year. Washington looks like they're, on another hell path to the cup so it's like it's going to be a tough matchup as of right now but uh yeah so that's your standings right now and now we're going to um head off to some stats real quickly um so uh the we're just going to do the top 3 in uh total points, goals and assists so in uh total points we have Connor McDavid at 51, Leon Draisaitl at 50 and Brad the Rat Marchand at 43. Um, yeah, 51 points. And it's not even halfway through the season. Yeah, this both Con- McDavid and Dreisaitl should easily have over 100 points this year. M- pushing on, you know, jeez, even like 120. Let's see. I'm going to do some quick math here. Connor McDavid's got 51 points. And he has played 29 games. Goodness gracious, that's insane. So fifty one divided by twenty nine times eighty two. Assuming that's a hundred. Oh my goodness, hundred forty four points. I don't remember the last time someone has gotten like a over a hundred, even hundred twenty or hundred thirty points. I think Kucherov. No, yeah, Kucherov. It was uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning player. I think it was. I think it was Kucherov, and he got what hundred and twenty something. And yeah, gosh, Nick David and Drysdale are going to blow by that this year. At least they should at this at this pace anyway. Uh so for goals, we have uh David Pasternak at 25. We have Alex Ovechkin at 20 and Connor McDavid at 19. Uh I love seeing Ovechkin up there. It makes I mean he's on a really really good pace. Um and I hope he can keep that up for another Four or five years because then he can easily break that all time goal scoring record. Um, David Posternock just won't stop scoring, of course. And, you know, he's a huge reason why Boston is up where they are, of course. Let's uh, go to assists now. So we got uh, McDavid and Drysidel at the top at 32 assists. And it just, it's, I mean, o- over an assist per game. It, it's just. It's amazing. If one of those guys goes down, I mean, maybe they'll be able to survive, but it's it's going to be tough if if either of them go down with injuries right now. And I I mean, I'm not going to wish that on anyone, of course. So I you know, hopefully for their sake they can stay healthy. And then I got John Carlson at 29 assists after this. Uh, he's having a good year. Um, he's probably going to win the Norris at this point. Um, I, I still wish that they would come up with some sort of, um, defensive defenseman trophy, call it the Nick Jalmerson trophy if you want to. Um, I mean, I mean, good for Carlson for getting this amount of, uh, points and this amount of assists, but, I feel like that that's like the only merit for the Norris trophy these days is points. And it's amazing that a defenseman can get this amount of points. Of course, I'm, I'm definitely not going to discredit that it's absolutely impressive, but there's, there's like two types of defensemen these days. There's the John Carlson's and there's the Nick Jalmersons, And I don't think guys like Nick Jalmerson get enough credit. And I know he's been out this entire year, which is, you know, we can get into that later if I can remember this. Um, but those defensive defensemen need more recognition throughout the league. Um, and that's all I got to say about that. So, I think it's time to move on to some coyote talk here. Yes, that yeah. Um, so I think the the first thing I think I really want to say for the Coyotes is just talk about uh John Chica. He got an extension what is it a couple weeks ago now at this point. Um it was long term. We don't really know how long or like what he signed for. Um but it was absolutely important that he got it. It was uh he he's been apps. I mean, he's been huge for this hockey team. He's kind of come in and was just like, "All right, guys, we need to rethink this hockey team and this franchise and we need to rethink how we do things here and he has just he stuck to his plan and so far it has worked it really has now it's taken some time don't get me wrong and it's it's taken some trial and error too like you know trading away Domi for Galchenyuk and then being like okay well Galchenyuk doesn't really work here so um let's turn this into Kessel. And it's like, he, there's not been very many signings or trades, or you just kind of question it. I mean, to be fair, a lot of his trades, you go, eh? but then it's like, Oh, that makes sense. All of his trades have been like that. And he's been so successful here. And I'm so happy that he gets to be our GM for longer. And I, and I really hope that we do get a cup in that time, whatever his, whatever his contract length is. I know Tockett's contract is going to come up in another year and a half or two. Um, he'll definitely be resigned, of course. Um, but I just, I really hope that in that time frame that we get a cup because he deserves that amount of success with this team. He really does. And so do the players. They are working so hard. Um, and we can get into that now. So I guess I wanted to wrap up November Uh, basically. Um, So I guess just to start, the November schedule, we all know, was absolutely trash. It was just so awful. They played 16 games in 29 days. That is more than a game every other day. More than a game every other day. I think they had five practices this month. Like that is, it's it's just unbelievable how the schedule makers could like allow this to happen and you know hopefully now with ownership we can get this figured out like i know moving to the centrals just going to make things worse but i hope that having this deep pocketed owner can make our schedules better somehow cuz this we cannot have another schedule like this it's just it's just wrong you could tell that the that the players just—I don't want to say they lost sight of the of their system, but they it, it kind of went down a few notches. They had no time to practice it. They had no time to hone their skills. They had no time to tweak little things about their game because of this insane schedule. So it's like no wonder why late towards later in the months they for almost forgot how to defend in their own end. They they lost their forecheck. They they just kind of f- forgot things almost. And and I don't want to use the schedule as the biggest excuse, but it is it, it is a problem and it is an excuse because of the lack of practice time and the fact that they are still in a playoff spot after this insane month, that's a win by me. And I I know I've been very, very critical of them lately. And I think we should be with how they've been playing. But I know I, I said to myself going into this month that if they can come out of November in a playoff spot, whether it was a top three in the Pacific or in the wild card, then that's a win in my book. And so this was a successful November. They weathered this massive storm. So uh, I think, I'm not going to go uh, game by game here, but I do want to look at um, some of the games where you kind of just go, what are they doing here? Um, and then some of them got a praise, of course, like the just opening the month, shutting out the Avalanche. You know, the Avalanche were, of course, down Landeskog and Rontanen, but they jumped on this team while they were down, and that's... You know that that's what they needed to do, and they went and did it. Uh, the next game I think I want to talk about definitely is uh, the first Calgary game, losing that in overtime. Um, yeah, that was not a very good week for them <laughs> at all. Um, they they basically give up the the lead, they lose in overtime, and you coming off of a back to back, that that's that's tough. Of course, don't get me wrong, that's very tough but that was losing the way they did set them up for the rest of the week. And you could tell their confidence just was not there. They lose to Columbus in regulation. After that, they lose to Minnesota in regulation as well. And those are teams that they should not be losing to now give credit to Columbus and Minnesota. They did play pretty good games, but the coyotes are a better hockey team. Like sorry, Columbus and Minnesota, but the coyotes are a better hockey team. And they need to be winning games against teams that they are better than. Like, plain and simple. And they just did not get the job done. But, having said that, they go back-to-back, Washington-St. Louis. Again, fuck that schedule. But they go Washington-St. Louis, back-to-back, on the road. It was not pretty. At all. I mean, these games were disgusting to watch. But they come out of it with four points. Out of four points. And uh, they are both shootout wins. So that's kind of tough. You know, they're not racking up regulation wins, and that's the theme going forward as well. But they come out of it, of those, of that horrendous back-to-back with four points out of a possible four points. And that was huge. I mean, that those two games could have derailed this month completely, but it those two games, I think, basically saved this month. Um so I mean that was just absolutely impressive. Um the only bad thing is though the they they go up to Minnesota two days later and they lose again. So Minnesota apparently is our kryptonite, which that does not make any sense, but um I I believe we have one more game against Minnesota later in the year, so hopefully that can be a, a revenge game at that point. But having said that, they then have a three game homestand where they play Calgary, LA and Toronto they beat Calgary and LA both 3 to 0 and i believe it was both Kemper and Ronta getting shutouts in that and that's just like that was a testament to their goaltending like both of those goalies deserved these victories the way they got them without a doubt i don't the team the team played pretty well again against Calgary to be fair um, you know, LA had some pushback in, in that game, but like these, these two games were, I think the, the best played games of this month, ex- uh, other than the, the first one against Colorado. These, uh, uh, and I guess St. Louis, St. Louis was a decently played hockey game too, but they got shutouts in these and that was just huge for them. And then of course I mentioned the Toronto game earlier. They just completely laid an egg in that one. Um, they had, you know, no business. They shouldn't even have been on the ice with that effort, unfortunately. Um, and some could say that they weren't even on the ice with that piss poor effort. Um, so that wraps up that homestand. And then they have another back-to-back. Go figure, right? Uh, L.A. and Edmonton. Um, they get three out of a possible four points in this one, which is, which is good. I mean, of course, you know. They, they they beat the Kings and they did not play well in this one at all. But they still found a way to win and they were they're definitely the better team, so the fact that they had an off game but were still able to pull out a victory, I think that says a lot about how Ronto played in that game and just how just how well they took advantage of their opportunities. I know Kessel got a power play goal. Um Kraus followed up on um, a, a, a play on the rush, and he got an awful injury. Uh, I'm glad he's back from that. I, I hope he's actually just officially okay from that because that did not look good. I, I was actually in LA in this game, and yeah, it, to me it looked like he like he got knocked out like for just a couple seconds on it, and it. So I, I just hope that he's actually okay by now. The uh, Edmonton game, they lose in a shootout. Uh, they really. Didn't have a whole lot of business being in this one either. I mean, Edmonton played very, very well. Um, of course, McDavid gets the winner in a, uh, in the shootout, and yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a doozy of a hockey game. Um, they move on to Anaheim, um, and again, they go to a shootout. Another, they win in, in the shootout, of course, but it's just an another win not in regulation, and that's. That to me was probably the biggest thing about this month is that they they had a hard time closing out hockey games and the ones that they did close out ended up being in an overtime or a shootout. And they did have a couple regulation wins for sure. But the, the main tiebreaker now this year is regulation wins and they were not racking them up in this month. And so that's something that I hope with additional practice time and more rest in the coming months, that they just they start doing that again because they absolutely need to. It, it it it's it could be the difference between them playing a wild card team round one or playing you know a team like Vancouver or San Jose round one. Um, and I would prefer to avoid San Jose round one, honestly. Um, And it can also decide home ice advantage too, whether they finish second or third in the Pacific, like regulation wins are going to be so important going forward. And I hope they can relearn almost to win in a uh, regulation time. Um, So they, they, they round out the month with a, uh, losses to Vegas and San Jose. Now they, they do get a point out of the Vegas game. I actually thought they played decently well. There was a lot of uh, ebbs and flows in this game where both teams kind of pressured each other. So it was a pretty, um, even hockey game I mean, it ended up being two to one, but the, the two for Vegas was because of the, the shootout win. So each team really gave up one goal at that point. So I mean, it was a very even hockey game. Um, but then in San, uh, against San Jose that was that was a tough game um you know they come out very strong i mean they they came out in a way where they they almost looked relieved that november was over they they this was one of their most like freeing looks that i've seen from them this month they came out so strong 2-0 in the first what was like 5 6 minutes of the game but then that was it they just they stopped playing And now I got to give credit to San Jose too. They had a very strong pushback and their power plays or their penalty kill later in the game was just absolutely phenomenal. But you can't let a team score four unanswered goals on you in any situation. You, You just, that cannot happen. And so that was a very frustrating way to end the month. Um, the good news is, though, that they had yesterday off and they have today off. I they are in uh, Columbus right now for their game tomorrow, and I think they're practicing even right now, which is good. They absolutely need the practice, but um, yeah. So, it's uh, it was quite the month. I mean, I even I'm a little fatigued from watching hockey. Like I know, right? This is wow. That that shouldn't happen, but like that was so much hockey, which is awesome, of course. Don't get me wrong, but, I mean, these guys are human beings, too. They need their rest time. They need practice time, and it looks like, no, I think this next week is going to be very, very difficult. They got Columbus tomorrow. They got a back-to-back Philly and Pittsburgh, and then they end this road trip in Chicago next Sunday. But then they actually get some relax relaxing time and some rest in in December and this is going to be a very telling month if you know again I think going forward they need to come out of each month in a playoff spot but for this one for this month I want to see more regulation wins I want to see more regulation wins than overtime or shootout wins and I think that's going to be a very big key for them going forward um I you know i I'm definitely still hopeful that they'll turn this around, um, but definitely critical of the fact that they've just they it, they've lost their ability to close out games and edit. And, but and, and who knows really like why that is. Maybe it really truly is just from lack of practice time. And if that's the case, then they're definitely going to get more of that this month. And uh, it should absolutely serve them well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward. Um, So, yeah, I think that's going to wrap this one up. Um, Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it whenever you listen, uh, whether it's my hockey podcast or music podcast or both. I really appreciate you listening. And uh, yeah, I hope you all have a good week and I will uh, see you next week for some uh, music talk and uh, yeah, let's go Coyotes.